Chapter thirty six of Cutlass and Cudgel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Cutlass and Cudgel by George Manville Fenn. Chapter thirty six. Everything was arranged on board so that no watcher armed with a glass who scanned the ship should suspect that an expedition was on hand but as soon as it was dark the men were ordered into two boats one commanded by gurr with whom was archie the other by the boatswain only leaving a very small crew on board with the lieutenant then they pushed off rowing with muffled oars and keeping right away from the cliffs so that any watcher there should have no indication of their passing the quiet little cove was still a couple of miles away when archie suddenly touched the master's arm as he sat there holding his cutlass yes what is it for answer the midshipman leaned forward and pointed to where far back and apparently opposite to the cutter a couple of faint lights could be seen high up and away from the cliff Huh! lights said gurr but they may be up at some cottage what do you think i thought they might be signals well my lad if they be it's to bring the smugglers ashore where we may have the luck to be in waiting for em but before that the skipper may have seen them and though he's short-handed they could manage to shake out a sail or two and manage a gun you would not put back then after seeing these lights not likely with the orders we've got sir said the master and the men rode on and in due time reached the cove where all was perfectly quiet the tide falling and as they landed quite a noisy tramp had to be made over the fine pebbles in which the men's feet sank a couple of men were left in charge of the boats the others were formed up and after passing the cottages of the few fishermen of the place the party struck off for the top of the cliffs to follow the rugged faint track which was more often lost and the arduous tramp was continued hour after hour till partly from the schooner's lights partly from his idea of the run of the coast the late prisoner began to calculate that they must be approaching the land side of the large cliff it had been a terrible walk in the darkness for the cliff tops were as if a gigantic storm had taken place when that part of the coast was formed and a series of mountainous really mountainous waves had run along and become suddenly congealed leaving sharp crested hill and deeply grooved valley which had to be climbed and descended in turn till the men vowed that the distance was double what it would have been by road and they certainly were not exaggerating much it was only here and there that the party had been able to follow the edge of the cliff for the most part prudence forced them to keep well in but at times they had some arduous climbs and walked along the sides of slopes of thin short grass covered with tiny snails whose shells crushed beneath their feet with a peculiar crisp sound and had it been daylight the probabilities were they would have given these risky spots a wider berth call a halt gurr whispered archie at last and it was done then giving the master his ideas the men were allowed a few minutes breathing space before being formed in a line with a space of a few yards between the men one end of the line being close to the edge of the cliff the other some distance inland in this way the men were instructed to walk slowly on scanning every depression and clump of bared rock carefully and at a word uttered by the man who felt that he had found any place likely to prove to be an entrance to a cave or quarry all were to halt 
the word was to be passed along and the officers were to examine the place before the line went on again the plan was good and the long line swept slowly along the halt being called soon after they had started but the stoppage was in vain the midshipmen and gurr finding before them only a rough piled-up collection of rocks from which the earth had in the course of ages crumbled or been washed away on again in the darkness officers pacing along portions of the line to urge on the men to be careful and warning those near the cliff edge the advice was needed for all at once just as archie was leaving the edge there was a faint cry the halt was called and the young officer followed closely by dick went quickly to the spot from whence the cry had come it's bob harris sir said the last man they reached i see him a moment ago and heard him cry out and then he was gone with his blood seeming to chill archie crept in the darkness close to the cliff edge to find that it sloped down where he stood give me your hand dick he whispered lie down lad and i'll go down too said the sailor in a husky voice which told of the horror he felt it was good advice and the midshipman was putting it in force just as gurr came tearing up what is it he panted bob harris gone over sir whispered dick and no rope with us exclaimed the master see anything my lad yes he is just below here on a ledge hi are you hurt no sir came up faintly but i durstn't move or i should go over lie still then till we pull you up mr gurr i can almost touch him i could if someone lowered me a little more no no my lad no no whispered the master here dick and you he said in short quick decisive tones as he lay down and looked over now then four more men here now who will volunteer to lean over and get a good grip of em while we hold by your legs i will said dick s'pose i'm as strong as any on em but who's going to hold my legs two men my lad and there'll be others to hold them right said dick shortly and the men lay down forming themselves into a human chain the end of which dick was lowered slowly down the slope and over the edge look here my man said archie as he lay with his head and chest over the edge of the awful precipice listening to the faint beat of the waves and involuntarily thinking of his adventure with ram as soon as dick grips you get tight hold of him too i came up in a hoarse whisper please be quick i feel as if i was going now said the master ready lads steady you dick give the word yourself to lower away ay ay sir lower away then again lower away lower away the suspense in the darkness seemed to strain to a breaking point and archie lay with his heart beating painfully watching till it seemed as if the case was hopeless and that if dick now nearly off the cliff could grip hold of the fallen man they would never be able to get him and his burden back another inch came up out of the void touched him another inch at each order given in a hoarse smothered way the men shuffled themselves forward a little and lowered dick down just a shade more my lads came up can't said one of the men who held one of dick's legs right got em came up as a thrill of horror ran along the chain at that word can't haul away 
how that hauling up was managed the midshipman hardly knew but he had some consciousness of having joined in the efforts made by seizing one of the men of the human chain and dimly seeing gurr and two other men of the group now gathered about them lend their aid then there was a scuffling and dragging a loud panting and with a few exertions to hold on and haul and keep tight dick and the man he had been lowered down to save were dragged into safety phew panted dick look here bob harris never no more my lad never no more bravely done dick whispered gurr thank ye sir but never no more i want to be a good mate to every one but this here's a shade too much and i take it kindly mr raystoke sir said the man the midshipman had gripped if next time sir you wouldn't mind grappling my clothes only you're tidy strong now and i can't answer for my flesh if you take hold like that hush no talking said the master dick take the outside now and be careful form your line again bob harris take the far left well master raystoke sir grumbled dick i call that giving a fellow a prize saves the chap and here i am post of honor dick go slowly and not too near not too nigh it is sir said dick with a sigh and a minute later the word was given and they went on once more one hundred two hundred three hundred yards but no sign then a discovery was made and by the midshipmen they had come to the descent on the far side of the vast hill by whose top they had been searching there was a stiff slope beyond and another massive cliff loomed up rising dimly against the sky in a way that made archie feel certain that though so far their search had been in vain they had now before them the huge cliff which held the smuggler's store the midshipman felt so assured of this that he whispered his belief freely to gurr as he encountered him from time to time perambulating the line of men but the old master received the communication rather surly all guesswork my lad he said we're working wrong way on these great places would puzzle a monkey and we shan't find the hole unless we come by daylight and leave a boat offshore to signal to us till we get over the spot what's that cried archie excitedly as one of the men on his left uttered a sharp look out sheep i think sir no it's a dog said another hi stop him cried a third boy there was a rush here and there in the darkness the line being completely broken and the men who composed it caught sight from time to time a shadowy figure to which they gave chase as it dodged in and out of the bushes doubling round masses of weather-worn stone plunging into hollows being lost in one place and found in another but always proving too active for its pursuers who stumbled about among the rough ground and dangerous slopes here for a moment it was lost in a damp hollow full of a high growth of mare's tails equisitum that curious world relic of ancient days driven from that by a regular course of beating the ground it led its pursuers upward among rough tumbled stones where the brambles tripped them and here they lost it for a time but growing hotter in the chase and delighted with the sport which came like a relief from their monotonous toil the jacks put their quarry up again to get a dim view of it and follow it in full cry like a pack of hounds over the rounded top of the hill down the other side into a damp hollow full of tall reeds through which the men had to beat again panting and regaining their breath 
but too excited by the chase to notice the direction in which they had gone and beyond hearing of the recall shouted by their officers the midshipmen joined as eagerly in the chase as any of the men forgetting at the moment all about discipline formation and matters of that kind for in one glimpse which he had of the figure he made certain that it was ram whom they had surprised just leaving the entrance to the cave and it was not until he had been joined in the hunt for about a quarter of an hour that he felt that the men ought instantly to have been stopped and the place around thoroughly searched how vexatious he cried to himself as he panted on alone always in dread of coming suddenly upon the edge of the cliff and trembling lest in their excitement the men might go over all regrets were in vain now and he kept on following the cries he heard first in one direction then in another till at last after a weary struggle through a great patch of brambles and stones he found himself quite alone and left behind but his vanity would not accept this last i've quite outrun them he said half aloud as he peered round through the gloom listening intently the while but not a sound could be heard and in his angry impatience he stamped his foot upon the short dry grass what an idiot i am for an officer he cried leading men and letting them bolt off in all directions like this suppose the smugglers should turn upon us now they would not have any one to turn upon he added after a pause well it's all over with anything like a surprise he continued after a time and we must get back to the place where we started from if we can find it i'll swear that it was ram as he trudged on up a steep hillside and if they have caught him we'll make him show us the way stubborn brute he was too much for me in the quarry but out here with the men about i'll make him sing a different tune where can they be he cried after wandering about for quite half an hour why ah he ejaculated i can see it all now it was ram and he was playing peewit the cunning rascal oh if i only got hold of him yes there's no doubt about it he has been too clever for us he was watching by the entrance and just as the men got up and would have found it he jumped up and dodged about letting the men nearly catch him and then running away and leading them farther and farther on never mind i'll get the men together and we'll go back to the place and find it soon oh how vexatious which way does the sea lie there was not a star to be seen and the night was darker than ever he listened but the night was too calm for the waves to be heard at the foot of the cliffs and gaze which way he would there was nothing but dimly seen rugged ground with occasional slopes of smooth short grass ahoy he cried at last and ahoy came back faintly hooray he said after answering again and walked in the direction from which the cry came downward in one of the comb-like hollows of the district no one need be lost for long if he has a voice don't hear any of the others though he shouted again and again getting answers and gradually diminishing the distance till he saw dimly the figure of a stoutly built man and the next minute he was saluted with oh it's you is it mr raystoke pretty run you've led me pray what sort of a game do you call this game sir archie cried ruefully it's horribly hard work hard work to you sir a mere boy then what do you suppose it is to me i have hardly a breath left in me but where are the men mr gurr the men mr raystoke sir that's what i was going to ask you 
Now just have the goodness to tell me what you mean by forgetting all the discipline you have been taught, and leading these poor chaps off on such a wild goose chase. I, Mr. Gurr, said Archie in astonishment. Yes, sir, you, sir. When am I to say to Mr. Bro when we get back? I am in command of this expedition, and you led the men away like a pack of mad March hares, and now I find you here without them. Where are they? I don't know, sir. You don't know? I thought they were with you. And you took them away and left them? I didn't take them away, cried the midshipman angrily. Then where are they, sir? I don't know. You were close by me when they rushed off after that boy. Sheep, sir. No, no, Mr. Gurr. Boy, ram. Well, I said sheep, Mr. Raystoke. No, no, boy. That's his name, ram. Nonsense, sir. It was a sheep, and if it was not, it was a dog. I tell you, sir, it was the smuggler's boy, ram, the one who came aboard after the cow. Hang the cow, sir. I want my men. Do you think I can go back on board without them? Well, it's high treason for a naval officer to let one man slip away, and here you have let two boats' crew go. I say once more, how am I to face Mr. Bro? I don't know, Mr. Gurr, said Archie, who was growing vexed now at the blame being thrown on his shoulders. You were in command of the expedition, and the boatswain was in charge of the second boat's crew. I don't see how I am to blame. But you led the men away, sir. Not I, Mr. Gurr. I joined in the chase, and I tried to get the boys together, but they scattered everywhere. But it really is awkward, Mr. Raystoke, isn't it? Horribly, sir. Got anything to eat? To eat? No, my lad, but tut, tut, tut. I can't hear them anywhere. Nor I, sir. Well, we must not stand here. But what did you say? I did not see what it was. They went off after a boy? The master spoke so civilly now that Archie forgot his anger and entered into the trouble warmly. Yes, sir, he said, and it was a plan. That boy is as cunning as can be. We must have been close up to the way into the cave when he started out and led us all away from it. Eh? I say he jumped up and dodged about, knowing the place by heart, and kept hiding and running off again to get us right away from the entrance. That's it, that's it, Mr. Raystoke. Don't try any more, sir. You've hit it right in the bull's eye. You think so? No, sir, I'm sure of it. A young fox. Now, as soon as we've taken him prisoner, I'll put the matter before Mr. Bro in such a way that the young scamp will be tied up and get four dozen on the bare back. Hadn't we better catch him first, Mr. Gurr? Right, Mr. Raystoke. Come on, then, and the first thing is to get the men together. We shall catch him, never you fear that. These cunning ones generally get caught first. Now then, sir, let's listen. They listened, but there was not a sound. Pon my word, this is a pretty state of affairs, cried the master. What do you propose next? Let's get right up to the top of this place and hail. That's good advice, Mr. Raystoke, sir, so come on. They started at once, and at the end of ten minutes they were at the top of a hill, but upon gazing around they could only see dimly other hills similar to the one on which they stood, regular earth waves of the great convulsion which had thrown the strata of the freestone shore into a state of chaos but nothing more. I'll hail, said Archie, and he shouted, but there was no reply. The scoundrels, cried the master angrily. They're all together in some public drinking house and glad to get away from us. Eh? What are you laughing at? 
there are no public houses out in this wild place mr gurr eh well no i suppose not i'll hail ahoy a faint echo in reply that was all which way shall we go i don't know mr gurr can't make out which is the north can you no sir nor the south neither hm i think i could find the south if you told me which direction was the north said the master dryly well we must do the best we can let's strike along here i seem to feel that this is the right direction archie felt that it was the wrong direction but as he could not point out the right he followed his leader for about a quarter of a mile both pausing to shout and listen from time to time all at once gurr came to a dead stop i feel as if we're going wrong he said you choose this time let's try this way said archie selecting the route because it was downhill but a quarter of an hour of this did not satisfy him and he too stopped dead short i feel just as lost as i did in the dark in that cave mr gurr he said never mind my lad said the master good-humouredly it's all an accident and nobody's fault wish i had my pipe ahoy shouted archie but there was no reply i'd sit down and wait for morning only conscience won't let me well let's try this way suggested archie seems to me my lad that it don't matter which way we take we only go wandering in and out among the stones and brambles and winding all sorts of ways never mind we must keep moving so come on they trudged on for how long they could not tell but both were getting exceedingly weary and as ignorant now ever as to their whereabouts for whether the direction they followed was east west south or north there was no indication in the sky and they kept on always cautiously in dread and yet in hope that they might come upon the edge of the cliff which would solve their difficulty at once if they could see the cutter's lights though that aren't likely mr raystoke strikes me that he'll lie there and not show a light on the chance of a smuggling lugger coming along though that's hardly our luck i don't know said archie bitterly seems just the time for her to come when the skipper's so short-handed that he can't attack yes we are an unlucky craft and no mistake and i most wish sometimes i'd never sailed in her here look for instance here's a chance for us hist listen whispered archie what is it a hail right in the distance no such luck my lad i don't know how i'm going to face mr bro hark yes there it is again away to the left yes there it goes ahoy they stopped listened after the midshipman had hailed as loudly as he could and to the intense delight of both the hail was responded to hurriedly changing their direction they went on as rapidly as the rough ground would allow getting an answering hail every time they shouted and each time louder as if those who called were also coming toward them ten minutes later they heard voices by degrees these became a murmur and they knew that there must be several of the men together in another ten minutes they came upon a group steadily approaching mutual inquiries took place no the men had not captured the fugitive but they were sure it was a boy dirty dick was ready to take an oath to that effect but he was not asked then came the important question where were they the boatswain gave it as his opinion that they had been going westward but he could give no reason why and it was decided to continue in that direction after gurr had satisfied himself that the men were all present though they learned that there had been a good deal of hailing before all were collected 
they trudged on almost in silence for the whole party was wearied out till an announcement galvanized them all for suddenly dick put an end to the question of their journeying west by suddenly shouting south ho eh what do you mean cried the master i know yon hill said dick pointing to an eminence dimly seen away before him that's just close to the cove and if we keep straight on we shall be in the road in less than half an hour and at the boats ten minutes later no no my lad said the master i don't think that's right yes it is my lad i'm most sure of it now right it was as was proved a quarter of an hour later by their striking the rough road at right angles and there a halt was called don't seem any good to go searching along again in the dark mr raystoke said the master and the boatswain shook his head decisively all about done up he growled we could do no good now said archie for of course i am not sure where the entrance is must be getting toward morning too and time to be aboard mr raystoke there sir sometimes we win and many more times we lose we've lost this time so let's go back aboard according to orders forward right my lads and let's make the best of it never mind mr gurr said archie in a low voice i was regularly in despair as i was being taken from one prison to be shut up in another when i ran up against you perhaps we may run up against the smugglers after all wish we might said the master oh how i could fight but they ran up against no smugglers on their way to the boats which they hailed from the strand where the water was very low and soon after they were passing in the lowest of low spirits out of the cove to the open channel where once more every one was thrilled with excitement for right away in the offing they heard a gun End of chapter thirty six